You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, and you are listening to the monumentous episode of episode 80 of this show. Nathan, what was the word you said? Well, we're not for, octogenarians because that's 80 years, so we're, for, octa epi- we're octa-episodians. <laughs> octa-episodians. I'm, sure, okay. there, you know, I'm sure there's an actual term, and that's not it. But <laughs> Well, you know, listener, fun fact, when we first started recording <laughs> this podcast back in, I think it was like July-ish is when we first started recording of 2020. I don't think we actually published until like October, but oh, there was a, a there was a long list of not making the cut. <laughs> there were eight, the there we were looked- eight different takes on episode one, and <laughs> we, and we, at we least talk, seven at least a... seven of them were really bad. <laughs> <laughs> we we, Man, we talked about releasing uh, releasing the original version of episode one, but that but back back on topic. What I was trying to say is. Uh, we were looking at the viability of making a podcast and wondering, are people going to listen to this? Or are we actually going to like, you know, get the message out with this? And an article I read said that almost every single podcast, there's 2 million podcasts in circulation right now. And out of those 2 million, only 2,000 of them make it past episode 10. So you're not competing with 2 million podcasts. You're competing with 2,000 that make it past episode 10. I don't know what the statistic is on how many make it past episode 80, but it's got to be we got to be in, we're getting towards the upper echelon now. Like we're, we're getting up there towards like the, the Beth Moore and Joel Olsteins that keep, oh, man. You, you, uh, you keep well, going to Beth and Joel brother. <laughs> well, that's because that's what Spotify always tells me we lost to. They're like, look at other podcasts that are more successful than yours. Yeah. And that's what it always shows me, mm. but big aspirations. Speaking of, uh, big aspirations, Matt, uh, I need you to get back into your place and let me do the intros. Uh, yeah. It's been, it's been nice, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to have a, a role. Oh, welcome back, promoted. buddy. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I like, I like my space. Hey, remembering those early episodes, I remember mm. when we sent one to, in fact, a faithful listener of the podcast, Jason Webb is a buddy of mine. Um, I remember sending the episode <laughs> I said, Hey, what do you think about this? He's like, man, I love the effort. He's like, but honestly, I, <laughs> He said, I didn't understand, like, he, he was so, it was so honest and so helpful. So thank you, Jason. I love, and, and you gotta I understand, love Jason is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. He is such an encourager. And, and he was like, man, I just didn't really understand that part and transition and this, that. So you gotta have friends like that, that love you enough to tell you the truth and do it in mm. a way that, Matt, you know, do you know how devastated I am? Cause like it, you're one of my nicest friends. You're in that upper tier of like, <laughs> Matt is a genuinely nice person. Well, um, I try to be. And and <laughs> so if, if one of the nicest people I know sent it to one of the nicest people he knows and he had a, and he had <laughs> how a, bad was uh, it? That's it. How bad was it really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> also shout out to Matt's sister for telling us multiple times that yes. our intro was terrible. It needed to be redone. <laughs> what yep. the intro, the uh, intro music or the no, it was no, so, do you, 
Do you not there remember like the first version one. of our intro where it was like too flowery? I think it, is, the, it is sounded, the feedback. It sounded like a Lord of the Rings soundtrack, honestly. <laughs> and anyway, oh, really? sister, I don't remember that. Yeah, there's probably a reason. I, I just I still ask myself every week why I'm the only one who has a last name. Oh uh, no, that that's it has to be. So that so that when there's hate mail, they know who to send it to, and it doesn't come but to all. To transition and get on track, we do want to talk about names today. And we are moving to there he is, Genesis Segway. 17. Genesis 17. And we're going to talk about names. And we're going to have a brief review of some ontology. But as you've probably heard us say before, names are a huge deal in the biblical story. In fact, names often say something about the person. You, you uh, know, I uh, not to take over for a second. I incidentally, like, so I'm, I'm still relatively new at First Baptist Corinth, so I am still getting to know names. And that's um, why you didn't say Corinth. There it is. Yeah, I mispronounced yeah. it. Yeah. You're not from around here, are you, boy? Um, <laughs> but uh, so I, I'm doing this uh, sermon series called Hello, My Name Is, and I'm doing lots of the Yahweh names of God in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and the very first week of that series, uh, I just tried to capture the importance of names. I did that, the balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet, you know, where, uh, the whole rose. Where, by where other, out the, yeah, yeah. Romeo, where, Romeo, where Romeo, where Romeo. that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause you know what the whole, what's in a name thing. The, and I said, man, I didn't get it till years after I read the, cause we had to read that in high school. I said, I didn't get it till years after the irony of that scene. The whole point of the scene is that. Names shouldn't matter as much as they do. And yet by taking the weight of their names too lightly, Romeo and Juliet just established this crass course that results in many deaths, including their own. Right. Mm. Uh, mm. I, na- names are so significant. It's, it's interesting to me. It, we talked about this in creation, right? Um, mm-hmm. God, God gives Adam authority and that involves Adam naming different parts of creation. Mm. Uh, and so na- names are huge biblically. Mm. Yeah, we looked a little while ago in Babel talking about making a name for themselves. That was on the the negative spectrum, but it still shows uh, that's how right. important it was. That's right. Yeah. So, so, so to your point, what's so significant about this passage? Well, why don't we begin by reading it? <laughs> Let, let's go ahead and get it out there. And can and I then, can I can I give the good news? Sure. We're finally. We said it would be like one episode, and it was something like eight or nine. We're finally out of Genesis 16. <laughs> We're going into Genesis 17. The better than fiction Bible podcast inches forward again. And you'll notice we'll make, we're making no promises on chapter 17 on how long it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I always, now, I now always think comfortable. of that Spurgeon quote when I listen to our show by perseverance, the snail boarded the ark. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So why don't we go ahead and read verses one through eight? And we're probably going to look at one through eight. Uh, again, but just to talk about the name aspect, let me get the scripture out there and then let's talk about a, a few, a few things. Um, this is coming from the ESV Genesis chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord that's capital L O R D by the way, appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God almighty or El Shaddai, walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply 
you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So before we talk about names, I want us to just review one particular word. And we talked about this way back when in Genesis one, and that is G O D. I'm going to put Gandalf to the test because I, I know we're stretching about way that back. every week. Well, we talk about <laughs> God every week, but specifically, well, do you remember Gandalf? Uh, I know it's been a while, but do you remember what we said about the word G-O-D and how sometimes in English, we don't appreciate fully what's happening there. Yes. If I recall correctly, the G-O-D, it can, it can mean either God as in God almighty, you know, Yahweh, the big man. Well, that's what it means. It that's just, spoiler alert. That's what it means here. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> but it can also mean just what God is as in a divine being. Right. And I think that word we, we pulled out of that was Elohim. Right. Do you remember the word ontology or ontological? Yes. I it's do. a, it's a discussion of what something is. Yeah. It, it's, mm. it's a what, not a who necessarily. Right. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead, Nathan. No, no, go ahead. So what we see here is in chapter 17, we see the word God. We, we're going to see El Shaddai, which is God almighty, but also we see this word Lord, uh, and that is Lord. There is Yahweh, Jehovah, depending on which one you prefer. But what we find out later in the story is God has not revealed himself as Yahweh yet to anyone. That's Exodus three. That's right. The burning bush experience is where Yahweh or God reveals his name as Yahweh. And this, so, this is that whole influence of Moses. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is that whole, uh, reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. God reveals and, himself as and Yahweh who wrote Genesis Moses. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Moses um, knew God as Yahweh, but Abraham did not. But God does reveal his name as something to Abraham as your point. Mm. Yeah. So it's interesting is that we just, you know, God never reveals his name to Adam, never reveals his name to Abel or Seth. God never reveals his name to Noah. Uh, the first person that can, has a name I, for God is Hagar. And We've can I just say what's so, since you mentioned Adam and Noah, can I, can mm -hmm. I tell you what's so interesting to me is because you have things in this passage straight out of the gate that if I'm, if I'm in tune with the text and I'm listening carefully, I hear things. In other words, if I'm reading the Bible from cover to cover, right, mm -hmm. in real time, 
I get to Genesis one and I'm like, uh, or at least Genesis two. And I'm like, okay, Adam's going to be the guy that God works through to bless this wonderful world that he's made. And then Genesis mm -hmm. three happens and I'm like, oh, maybe it's not Adam. Then I get to Genesis six. Um, and I'm like, oh, Noah's going to be the guy, uh, that, that God uses to bless the whole world. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. and then you have the aftermath of the flood and Babel happens. And now we're with Abraham. And what's so interesting is precisely in this passage where two things happen, God reveals this name. It's the, it's the mm -hmm. first, and this is the first instance of God revealing a name to your point. Um, it's also the passage where Abram's name is changed to Abraham. Um, mm -hmm. but it's interesting because in the opening verses of this chapter, you have things that point you back to the Adam story and the Noah story. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Gandalf, um, do you know what those would be? Just looking, look there at verse number one. What are, right. what are two words that jump out at you? See, thinking of Adam and thinking of Noah. Um, okay. I see it. It's walk before me. That's Adam. Mm -hmm. That works. How, and, how so? How so? Because he walked with God in the garden. Ah, mm -hmm. there it is. Mm -hmm. And then blameless. That's Noah because he was the, he was the only blameless person in his generation. Yeah. Very good. Mm. I would actually point us forward to a little bit. Cause I think the, the text hinges on the last thing that God says in verse two, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. It's interesting mm. that God says he will multiply. If you go back to Adam, uh, the first commandment in scripture is be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And the irony is when God calls Abram, what's the catch? Abraham has no kids. Sarai is barren. How are they going to multiply? And so Ab mm. Abram's first, uh, you know, again, it seems like we've, we've been weeding out people. Is it going to be a lot? Is it going to be Eliezer of Damascus in the last chapter? Is it now, is it going to be Ishmael? And precisely as God says, I'm God almighty, uh, he, uh, I'm God almighty. He says, and I'm going to be the one to multiply you. I think that's so mm -hmm. interesting. That's Genesis one language. So we were talking about, uh, beforehand, I was looking at, at Kinder's comments on what El Shaddai, that if you take different parts that, that phrase, it, it can mean El Shaddai, the, the God who is sufficient. Do you remember well, that? That makes a lot of, that, that makes a lot of sense in, in this context then. Uh, for instance, um, Kidner says here, God Almighty is the translation of El Shaddai, um, as understood by the Septuagint. A traditional analysis of the name is God El or Who Sa is sufficient, day or die. Um, so that I think what what I said earlier in the episode, there is something about a name so often in the Bible that reveals not just the who, but the what. And there is a reason to Nathan's point that God is calling himself God almighty. Um, because God is about to prove himself to Abraham as the almighty one. And in a phrase that's going to become, is there coming in coming weeks? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Like God is going to do this. Yeah. And, I, and I, by the way, I think that's, um, uh, you know, just, just like you were mentioning different takes on the meaning of El Shaddai, there's mm -hmm. different takes on the meaning of Abraham. Right. 
Um, so no longer shall your name be Abram, but your father shall be Abraham or Avraham, uh, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. There's, in other words, we don't sing father Abram had many sons. We sing father Abraham had many sons, many sons had father Abraham. Uh, right. but there's, there's something about God being El Shaddai that's going to guarantee Abram being Abraham, Mm-mm. right? And so I, I do think it's interesting. You know, we talked a few episodes back about um, potentially Abram viewing Ishmael as the child of promise because God's words to Hagar concerning Ishmael were very similar to God's words uh, right. to Abraham concerning the child of promise, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that Abram's name is not changed and God's name is not revealed until after Ishmael. It's, it's almost like once Abraham has like, all right, we have a working strategy for this promise in the pocket. God's like, all right, well, let me tell you a little bit more about who I am. And let me tell you a little bit more about who that's going to make you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a buddy of mine that's in ministry and he can, y'all know the song, the worship song. I think Chris Tomlin wrote it. Good, good father. You'll know that good, one. Good, good father. It's who one. you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And then it moves into. Because of that, this is who I am, who I am, who I am. And he, he hates it. He says it's just sentimentality, emotionalism. I'm not there, but, uh, if you're listening, you know who you are, but, <laughs> but you just got called out. You know, yeah, you, know you know, who didn't say that <laughs> Jason, that? Jason, no, Webb, Jason, because based Webb on your, didn't. based on your earlier description, he's way too nice. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't say that about Chris Tomlin songs, but <laughs> that is kind of funny that I said. Um, you know, if you are listening, it's who you are, (laughs) (laughs) but, but anyway, that is something that is in play here. Abraham, this is who you are because of who I am. And what Abraham is becoming is connected to God as almighty. And by the way, I will say this and the new Testament stresses that this is the key to obedience is first realizing who you are in God and who God has chosen to be to you that, and out of that flows the desire for blamelessness to be holy as he's holy. Epocoepisteos, the obedience of faith, right? The obedience of faith. It's the love of Christ that compels us. I love what Jesus says in the story in John eight of the woman caught in the act of adultery, where he makes clear to her, you probably remember the story, you know, use without sin, cast the first stone and they all leave. And he says to her woman, where have your accusers gone? I don't condemn you now go and leave your life of sin. It's first, I want you to know who I am. I'm not here to condemn. I love you. Now you go and leave your life of sin. Like Mm. it, it is essential to know who he is in order and embrace who he is in order to be who you are. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me, you know, I I talked about to that point, um, it's easy to underappreciate, uh, I I was doing something with biblical theology last night at Wednesday night Bible study. And I said, when you look into more of the biblical theological stuff, it doesn't make anything less of the passages, but it does make something more of the passages, right? Um, I, I, I was too lazy to do what I said I was going to do in NT Wright uh, references, this Jewish source that I cannot recall for the life of me. And that's going to drive me crazy. 
Uh, but essentially this Jewish source reflected, uh, it was kind of like, kind of like interpretive and speculative. And it was like God consoling himself. Hey, I'm going to make the world and I'm going to start this whole project with Adam. And if things go terribly wrong with Adam, I'll just start over again with Abraham. Hmm. Uh, and that's, that's, that's certainly too much, but there is this component to it where what God does with Abraham, it's in other words, in fulfilling a promise to Abraham, God's going to do something much bigger than Abraham. Mm. Uh, again, I, I can't help but go back to the Genesis one language that you see about uh, multiplying them greatly, about walking before me. That's Genesis two stuff. Look mm. at how the passage continues. No longer shall you be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I've made you a father of multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. That's Genesis one language, right? And I mm. will make you into nations. And here's the kicker for me. And kings shall come from you. What's the very next commandment after the be fruitful and multiply? Fill the earth and what? Subdue it. Subdue it. Create it to reign. Yeah. And it, and it's, 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 in other words, it's not just, it's God is going to work through Abraham's line in a way that fulfills and restores his vision for creation. That's huge. Uh, and, and Abraham probably has trouble seeing any, at, this is just something that we do. Abram has trouble seeing anything beyond, oh yeah, but who's the child of promise? Mm. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's, it, it hinges on that, but it's so much bigger than that. Uh, and, and to your point, before we recorded, you said, you know, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring. God is already speaking in actualities about Abraham, the granddaddy. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Before, the, the before, guy, the, mm -hmm. before Isaac's even born. Right. Yeah, but also, but in, t in the previous chapter, it could be, as we discussed, that Abraham doesn't even realize he's, he's still thinking Ishmael when God's saying all this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and so it is so often with us in the word of God or the will of God in our lives. Um, something that's interesting, uh, this is. This is a rabbit trail, but it, it's just an interesting thought. We don't have to go far down it. Is El Shaddai is frequently mentioned in the book of Job as the name for God. And that's interesting because earlier in a few episodes back, we were trying to place where does Job fall in. Oh, uh, but if, it, if it's before the Exodus, they wouldn't know about any other name at, from the, at this point. Yeah. And there may be, there may not be much to that. And you know, somebody may be a Job scholar right now and it's like, oh, don't you know that in Job 33, blah, 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 that God has called this. Uh, so Where, where's I'm, Dr. Ivan Park when you need him? His dissertation. <laughs> I love that Matt has now reached the point where he's like anticipating audience corrections. <laughs> like uh, Matt, you've, com you've committed the cardinal sin, well, which is being wrong on the internet. Well, uh, well before so. we started, you suggested the FBI might be listening. So uh, uh, cut that, get cut that. De 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 <laughs> delusions of grandeur are straight in line. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but anyway, the point is, is that as the story progresses in the Bible, we know more and more about God, but through the names that he reveals, and we're going to learn several more names just in the book of Genesis oh. and so I've got a, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, uh, I'm, I'm done. Okay. I've got a question. Mm -hmm. 
one more time, give me an explanation of what El Shaddai means. Make sure I got this right. God Almighty. God, Lord is that Almighty. it? Yeah, yeah, but it's all, it's, but it's, to Matt's point, um, there's, there's what the name is and how the name comes. Like I talked about this with Yahweh Yirah, uh, or which we often say is Jehovah Jireh. Mm -hmm. We, we translate that as the Lord will provide. Literally, it means the Lord will see to it, but the Lord seeing to it means there's no, there's no situation in which God can't see to it. In other words, God can't, there's no situation in which God cannot provide. To, to, to Matt's point, uh, you said it was from Derek Kidner's commentary, Matt. Right. Uh, let me uh, double check real quick. Yeah. It's Kidner. Um, to Matt's point, uh, and I, I haven't done, uh, the language work, uh, or consulted, uh, different takes on that. Uh, Kidner's point is that El Shaddai might be a, a com, you know, a compound of saying God who is sufficient, but if God is sufficient in any and every situation, he's almighty. I see. Uh, so it, it, okay, it, so it, it's, I don't know whether it's literal or idiomatic. I'd have to, I'd have to look more into that. Okay. So in that case, God almighty would be, it would be a good translation. I was just wondering if that, if it was leaving something out as I know is what to, to happen when you translate from Hebrew into English. Yeah. And, and again, it needs to be said, we alluded to this earlier in the episode that we often say this, but we haven't captured it in a few episodes. You're reading or hearing Genesis while you're living the Exodus. Like how does Exodus start? Um, Exodus starts as a lot of the stuff that God said to Abram has been fulfilled. Exodus 1, 7, but the people of Israel were fruitful. There it is. And increased greatly. They multiplied Rabbah and grew exceedingly strong. And the land was filled with them. Then, mm. uh, that, that will, in other words, they're reading the thing that provides the context for the situation that they're living. Can I, mm. can I throw one more detail on here before we yeah. leave as we're landing the plane? This is just a reminder, and this is an applicational point for each of us, is that frequently, especially in 21st century culture, there is a, there's a huge emphasis on life and youthfulness and that your best life is your, the life you live as a young person. And then as you move out of being a young person, you, you still try to hold on to, to youth, but frequently in the Bible. Look at Genesis 17, one, when Abram was 99 years old, um, Moses was 80 when God started working in miraculous ways in his life. Abraham's 99. Uh, I think, I think of Anna and Simeon in the temple, seeing the baby Jesus. That's right. And I've read in some places where Simeon was possibly like, uh, over a hundred. Um, but. It's, it's just amazing to me that there are stories, and there's certainly stories of God using young people, but it is, it is amazing to me that Abraham did a whole lot of living before God changed his name. Mm. <laughs> and that should be an encouragement to each of us. It is, it is never too late for God to do a new thing. Amen to that. I will also say that it's never too late for you, listener. There it is. To the Better Than Fiction <laughs> Bible Podcast. 
that's right. I'm back. Don't, you all had your fun. Don't uh, wait till uh, you're 99 way, years old. I, I, <laughs> I knew that you were going to take that back after I, I, made, I made a comment last week about, and if you don't want to go missing, I was that's like, right. yeah, Gandalf's taking that yeah, back next I, week. <laughs> I, I saw, I like the fact that you like softly threatened our audience. It didn't sit well with me. It was not, <laughs> it was not intended as a threat. <laughs> Well, listener, we promise we not we promise to not suddenly disappear on you. And if you want to continue receiving new episodes of the, of the Better Than Fiction Bob podcast every Tuesday morning, go ahead and hit like, subscribe, the plus mark, the heart sign, whatever that positive interaction looks like on the platform of choice that you're listening to. Go ahead and do that, and you'll receive notification every time we have a new episode on Tuesday morning. And most importantly, even more important than written reviews on Apple Podcasts, we like those. But even more than that, we like receiving messages from you guys on our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Yahtzee. And until then, you guys have a great week, and we'll be back here Tuesday morning. See you next time. Shalom. I do have a, I do have a bomb to drop in this episode. To the FBI agent listening, that was, a, that was metaphorical. That was a joke.